So, <laughs> Molly, this is a little bit of a side note, but um, I know we've talked about this before on this podcast, is that you feel like you're a slow reader, and I also feel like I'm a slow reader, and there's, mm-hmm. there is a, a test online now that you can take oh, yeah. to test your reading speed, and I took it thinking, oh, I actually thought I would be decent. No, no, I'm like, that's surprising. I'm like a high school senior or something. I was like, because they do it based on like what they like base it on academic levels. Welcome to No Thanks for Booked. I'm Molly and I'm Katie. And this is a podcast where we look at life through a bookish lens. Hey, girl. Hey, hey. hey. how's it going? <laughs> it's going good. Um, we just discussed what you were drinking, but I'm about to do this again. Did you hear it? Yeah. Another LaCroix. What kind and this time it? it really is LaCroix. It is. It's not a knockoff. Lime? Yep. What is it? Lime. Lime. Classic, my yeah. favorite. Yeah. Um, I am drinking Belgian Red, which is like a lambic, but it's um, made by a Wisconsin, the most famous Wisconsin microbrewery. Next time I'm in Madison, we're doing, I'm trying that. It's really good. It's my favorite because I don't drink a lot of just beer, not a beer kind of girl. I like really, really hoppy beers. Really? That's shocking because hoppy is Everyone tells me that. I know. It's so bitter. I can't. I don't really like I used to beers. hate it, but then I acquired a taste for it. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about most like, alcoholic beverages is that they're right. an acquired taste. Other than this is not an acquired taste. This is like, if you that like... That doesn't even taste like alcohol, like does it? If you like cherry juice... Oh, yum. <laughs> then you'll like Belgian red. I would be in trouble. Yeah, it's made from Door County cherries, and it's delicious. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, what are you reading? these days okay so since I last talked basically I'm reading the same things as last week except same I didn't mention everything I was reading last week oh so I have more I held back so I have more to talk can we just talk about how the you've had an awesome January haven't you you've read a lot of books I've read a lot of, and you've enjoyed a lot of them too right I have I have I finished up my rereading of the Chronicles of Narnia I read um I read the Narnia Code, which I sent you a copy of last year. Yes, I need to read it. And it's it was oh, really. Oh, I should have read it with you. I know. I wanted to mention Dang. it, but I knew that you were overwhelmed, and yeah. I didn't want to add an, something else to Aww. your plate. But I am going to encourage you to read it because it was really good. Oh yay! And uh, Betsy Tacy for my pet Betsy Tacy read along throughout the course of the whole year, which I'm loving. It's so sweet. Nice. I love it. I can't wait to keep going with that. Um, Final Empire, which I think I mentioned last week mm-hmm. that I was Well, you were about, that. I think you were about 100 pages in or so. And I'm only 100 more pages in. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Are you obsessed? Do you love it? I do. I love it. I love it. I really love it. Good. I thought I would be further along, but um, I, I'm reading like five other books right now, so I'm yeah. not actually too upset with my progress. Yeah. Um, I'm also reading two books about maritime disasters. Oh, not wow. about, but... The, because they're novels, so like novelizations of maritime disasters. So one is about yeah. uh, the Titanic um, by That's Hazel right. Gaynor, who wrote The Last Christmas in Paris, which was really popular on Bookstagram a year ago or so. Um, yeah. But this book is called The Girl Who Came Home, I think, and it's about the Titanic, like I said. Did I say that? About the Titanic? Yeah, yeah. And it's great, and it's making my I, like I have a, a slight 
a leftover, the imprint of an obsession uh, from yeah. when I was a teenager. I was obsessed with the Titanic, and so I and so I still have the, that leftover. Can I just desire. tell you, I I knew that you were obsessed with the Titanic, and I in I think it was fifth grade we had to do a project, and I don't remember anything else about like what what the project was. I think it might have been book related or maybe movie related. But I created a diary, um, and it was like the idea was it was somebody's diary who was on the Titanic, uh-huh. and I and I got really creative with it, and I created this character, <laughs> and I like made the pages all like um, like I put them in water and stuff, <laughs> <laughs> and it was like the most morbid thing I've ever done. No, but, but I loved that's it. I mean. I kind of love it. Do you still have that old project? No, I wonder. I don't I don't think so. My no. mom might have it somewhere. That but. would be fun to pull out. Um, Just another reason why we would have been good friends. Oh, my gosh. Definitely would have been good friends. Oh, I mean, yes. Just let's add mm-hmm. that to the list, our, our, mm-hmm. check, our checklist of reasons why little Katie and little Molly would have been friends. But oh yeah, obsessed with the Titanic. So I'm, I've, I'm really enjoying that. I've actually been reading that book since December, but I ha- I'm reading it on my Kindle. So the only time I read it is really when the light is turned off. Like if Steve yeah. wants to go to bed and I'm not ready, I'll read that book. And then I'm also, the other maritime disaster is about the Wilhelm Gustloff, which no one's ever heard of it, but it's actually the <laughs> most deadly shipwreck I guess, or, or sink ship sinking ever. It took place wow. during World War II, and it was a German ship. It was actually meant to be a cru- like a cruise ship, but it was never used as such. The Nazis used it as a warship, and they were carrying um, mostly German refugees, 9,000 German refugees and soldiers and, and other people, but they didn't register oh, it as yeah. a civilian ship because they had, I think because they had, um, you know, bombs and missiles and stuff on it. Um, but, yeah. and because of that, the Russians, who the these uh, refugees were fleeing from the Russians, a Russian submarine um, sent missiles and exploded the ship. And Whoa. there were like, I want to say, so I think there were, there were, I want to say eight or nine thousand. Like almost everyone who was on the ship died, oh, which is crazy. My God, I know, and no one's ever heard. Wait, of it. and you're, and you were like, I'm gonna pick this book up. This looks good. <laughs> That's so scary. Like, I think that would put me in such a funk if I was reading that. Well, so it's. But it's, is the storytelling really good? Yes, like, yes. So it's by. Story... You've probably heard of it because it's a really, it's a really popular YA novel called Salt to the Sea by Ruta Sepetis. Oh, yeah. Sepetis. I never know how to say her I last name. I think I have Sepetis. that book. <laughs> do you have it? I think I do. It's really good. And wow. so one of the things that I'll say about it is that a lot of the, so it's written from four different perspectives. So it's multi-perspectives. Um, you know, every perspective is like a page and a half or two pages. So it's really short perspectives. And yeah. some reviewers felt very disconnected from the characters because of that. And like they couldn't, they didn't really get invested in the story. I'm not finding that at all. And I'm a very character driven reader. So it kind of shocks me actually to read those reviews because um, I don't find the writing or the characters cold. I love the characters. I think it, I really like Ruta Sepetis, Sepetis's writing. Oh, yeah. I totally recognize her name now that you say that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I got that book in a 
and an unboxing when I was on Oh, that booktube. wouldn't surprise me. It was so popular yeah. a couple of years ago. Really, really popular. But I'm, I'm actually glad, glad that I'm reading it. it now after some of the hype has died down from yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I'm reading all the same stuff that we talked about last time. And I'm listening to Becoming by Michelle Obama. Mm. And it is so good, Katie. Oh, my gosh. It's mm. like 20 some hours and I was thinking I don't know if if this is really going to be one that I fly through but it is so good I'm flying through it I'm like more than halfway I have heard Um, nothing like I have not heard one bad thing about that book like I've just heard it so warm and so um and she narrates the her audiobook too so it's it feels really personal just reading listening to it in her voice I don't know it's and it's so it's just shocking to me I feel like there's so much that I didn't know Hmm. and and it's really is like you're getting a peek into their personal lives Hmm. and um like I'm at I'm at a part right now it's not like this is a spoiler or anything since it's like biography memoir but um I'm at the part right now where she, um, well, actually, I just finished this part. Uh, they were doing IVF, and I, like, completely forgot, mm. and, or maybe I didn't know, I don't know, um, that they had infertility issues, mm. and it was it was just a really, um, I don't know, I like, I was listening to that part at the gym, yeah. and she was talking about IVF treatments, and I just, like, got really teary, mm. and I was like, oh my gosh, these people are going to be looking at me, like, it's not the first time I've cried at the gym yeah. from a book, though. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. But it's really good. It's really good. I think you would like it a lot, actually. Does she get emotional talking about? Um, okay, so there's one part where she talks about her dad, who um, had MS, There's a chapter when she's talking about him where her voice gets a little bit, I don't know, you can almost Mm, sense it, but you can tell she's like, she probably stopped and then reread it, but um, you can sense the emotion for sure in her voice, but it's so good. It might be, I can already tell it's going to be one of my favorite um, nonfiction books. Yeah. It's definitely worth the hype. I want to pick up Educated next because I've heard nothing but good things about that one too. yes i same same i've also heard really good things about education not that those are remotely similar books very but. different kinds of memoirs yeah. <laughs> but both very hyped right now yeah or probably even a couple months ago yeah educated so, was i mean that was all over everywhere pretty much all of yeah. last year i i for some reason i wasn't drawn to it until people started telling me it was like the glass castle Mm. by Jeanette Walls, which is one of my favorite memoirs. Um, But apparently it's like The Glass Castle, but it's a little bit more um, academic sounding. Like it's not so narrative driven. I don't know. I could be wrong about that. But that's that's kind of what I'm sensing from people. But but yeah, that's what I'm reading. Wait, Um, and you started Wondersmith, didn't you, or not? Oh, yeah. I'm like halfway I think through Wondersmith I've I've been very I don't think this has changed since the first episode that we recorded but I've been very distracted this month Mm -hmm. but trying to fight against the like I'm definitely the kind of person who does not gravitate toward reading when I'm distracted yeah I'm trying to still make it a habit yeah which is something we'll talk about in this episode because we're going to be talking about 
our reading goals for 2019. So I'm, I'm actively trying to make sure that I read even for five minutes every day, Mm. physically read something. Yeah. So I am reading every day. I'm just not reading. I'm not devoting the time that I would like to, to reading. It's usually like 10 minutes before bed, before my, and I'm like, oh, I can totally read for the next hour. And then I just can't read in bed. I fall asleep. I really shouldn't let myself do it, but But I don't know. I always feel bad saying that because I know there are so many people who have sleep issues. I'm like very aware of the fact that it's like such a gift to fall asleep right when you get into bed. Yeah. But But you know what? We all, we all have, we all have different issues in life. You know, we're all dealing with different things. Well, and I get jealous. So sleep is not something. Right. And I get jealous of night readers because I'm like, oh, man, I just feel like I would get so much reading done if I could do that. But I do most of my reading in the mornings. So that's 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 really pretty amazing, though. I mean, I love that. I wish I could be a morning reader. I wish I could (laughs) wish I could wake up before my kids Mm. and read for a little bit. Well, see, and that's the thing. Because I don't have kids, it's a lot easier, and it's more of a luxury, I think, to read in the mornings. Steve is laughing at me, by the way, because I just said that, (laughs) and he's like, you're, like, dream on, Katie. Oh, my God. Because I am a terrible morning person. (laughs) Erin was laughing at me the other day because I woke up, like, the alarm went off, and I sat up in bed in like two seconds grabbed my book and just started reading in bed and he and he it's weird because I can't look at my phone right when I wake up like that's my good eyes just that's I good know. though Molly it is a good thing but it's I can I still read books like I don't know why your it eyes is. can focus on a page but not on your phone yeah Maybe it's the I glare guess. it's the blue light from your phone it's probably the blue light I, I mean, it is a good thing I guess I'm not grumpy in the morning but I can't open my eyes to save my life <laughs> Yeah, I like wake up and I'm cheerful. Like I'm not gonna growl at you, but yeah. I'm gonna roll you just over and need go back a little to sleep. bit of time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, we always snuggle with our dog in the morning. Like mm-hmm. we literally call her up to our bed because she is the laziest dog in the history of the world. And I mean, we have to drag her out of bed at like eleven. <laughs> I have to make sure she goes to the bathroom. I don't know if it's just because I work from home and she's used to like lounging all day, but. It's ridiculous. And she will straight up cuddle with us in the Aww. morning. It's my favorite. Zoe. So Zoe, is she a – okay, because I've heard you call her a snake dog before. <laughs> yeah. What What does that mean? Is that like an actual dog it's, breed? <laughs> no. <laughs> so she is like the longest dog ever. She's like this cartoon dog. And you probably can't even tell in pictures, but when we got her as a puppy, we thought she was a Rottweiler, mm-hmm. and she just kept getting skinnier and longer and longer, and then we realized, oh, she's definitely a, a hound dog, mm-hmm. like black and tan hound or something. But So we call her Zoe the Snake Dog because she's so freaking long, <laughs> and she curls up into a little ball like a snake. Like, she just can get her her body in the smallest positions and she'll like rest <laughs> her like head on her butt <laughs> that's like yeah. what cats do she's very cat-like which is why i love her <laughs> you know um can i also tell you katie because this is um something that started out as a joke and then it became an everyday thing i was like i gotta tell katie this because she'll really appreciate this so aaron um 
growing up, his dad, when he would take them to school, listening to Lord of the Rings on audio, by mm-hmm. the way, he would drop them off at school and he would say, remember who you are and whose you are. I think we may have talked about this at some point. But um, so one day I was joking when Aaron was in the kitchen <laughs> and Remus was like, he has his whole routine. Like he eats his bre- he eats his breakfast uh-huh. and then he like cries and follows me around until I let him outside. <laughs> Even if it's, like, still dark out, even if it's pouring rain, like, he wants to go out. And so he always waits at the door, and he looks up at me, and I go, remember who you are and whose you are, Remus. <laughs> he, like, meows at me. Which takes I'm on like, a whole different meaning for a cat. Yeah. I'm like, you're Remus, and you're mine. Okay, bye. And then I open the door and let him out. And I did it one day just to see if Aaron would, like, hear it and laugh. And then I've done it every day since. And it's so funny because I feel like he waits for me to say it every morning. <laughs> Anyway, mornings in our house are pretty funny. I'm going to segue into our um, Yeah, let's segue reading into our goals. reading goals for this year. Yeah, because mornings are a big part of my reading goals. That's when I do most of my reading. Um, and I try, I try to get up earlier, again, because I can. I mean, I feel like when you have two little kids, that just seems impossible, but... Well, yes, you could, but yeah, I mean, for a lot of people, that would mean getting up really, really early. But I am really lucky in that my kids don't wake up that early. So Fox wakes up at seven. Wilder sometimes doesn't even wake up till eight or eight thirty. Sometimes I don't know what we're gonna do when he goes to school because that kid loves to sleep in. Oh my gosh, Wilder! Oh my gosh, the message you sent me the other day on Voxer. Yes, I was dying. I gotta show Aaron. I forgot. I have to. Let Wilder sent Molly a message on on Voxer, which is like a walkie-talkie app, and he was oh, like, so "Hi, Molly." Except he kept <gasps> saying he was sort of saying "Mama" and sort of saying "Molly." Yeah, it's a tricky one. It's cute though. He's so precious. I can't believe he just had a birthday. I know. Oh. Two. <laughs> He's so big. Okay. Okay. I, I don't have very many reading goals, so I'm gonna let you go yeah. first. So we'll okay. Go, well, I guess we can go back preface. and forth, but you go first. Okay, let me preface with my goals are more goals and guidelines than, like, resolutions or... Yes. I'm trying really hard because I'm an all-or-nothing person and I really struggle with perfectionism. It's easy for me to set these, like, lofty goals that I'm like, okay, if I fail at this, then I fail and I'm not going to keep going. You know, it's easy for me to do that and that's the main reason why I didn't want to do a numbers goal this year did you which no no problem if you if you have a numbers goal I think it's great but I think I just wanted to shoot for something different this year like I just wanted to focus more on consistency than like quantity yeah um, personally but so, so wait so did are, you not set a numbers goal at all on goodreads I didn't. or anything so you're not participating no. in the goodreads challenge i don't like you didn't even so. set it at one just to track your reading no i might not even track my reading on goodreads anymore i don't know it's crazy i just have this like ever since and i didn't even really give it that much thought it's more like january 1st rolled around and i was like eh, i don't know i've never been super active on goodreads i usually just go on there to like check out new books um, okay and I've used it to, I have used it in the past to record my, like, just to keep track of what I'm reading. But I am using a reading journal now. 
And I think, I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know how I feel about it. Mm. That may change. I may, like, actually get around to it. I'm just feeling very, like, on the fence about Goodreads right now. Yeah. So, do you but have all of my? Can I ask yeah. you a question about your reading journal, though, real quick? Yeah, move on. yeah. Oh, it's is, so minimal. Well, I'm just wondering if it's your like if you set up your own reading journal or if you bought an, an uh, like a reading mm-hmm. journal that's already been set up for you. Yeah, I um I have tried and failed at reading journals for so long, and I've found that like really I just need to keep a list. Um, and like a date of when I started and when I finished because anything else I want to know, like I've tried the whole spreadsheet where you keep track of, um, the author and where the author's from and like Mm -hmm. all of these different things. And I love that in theory, but I just know myself and I know when I finish a book, I'm not going to want to sit and plug all of that into a spreadsheet. So I'm just going to basically write down the title author when I started it, when I finished it. And then. If there are any, like, five-star or, like, memorable reads that I really I, I really want to come back to and revisit or yeah, something, yeah. then I'll put, like, a little star. And if I reread it, I put an R for a reread. So it's, like, super simple. Yeah. Um, but I actually, I think I heard about it from Ann Bogle on her podcast, um, What Should I Read Next? So she... I think she mentioned that I can't remember the exact episode, but she was talking about how she's had a book journal or like a book, just like a notebook that she writes mm. um, all the books she's read okay. for like 10 years or something. Yes. It was either her or her guest. I can't remember, but I just liked that idea of having. Was like, it was it Lee Kramer? I don't know. Because I know that Do Lee does that. that? Do you remember what the episode was about? No, because, but I kn- yeah. I just know that that's what. So Lee Kramer, she's on Instagram yeah. too. Um, I just know that she does that, like, because she's mm. shown pictures in her stories of her, because oh. she's done it for so long. I see, and I think that's so cool to have a physical copy of your reading life, or just like a record of your reading life. And I know that in your handwriting does that. too, there's something special about yeah it being in your handwriting. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's really minimal, but so anyway, my reading goals, um, I may have already mentioned this, but I want to read every day. Have I already failed at this? Yes, <laughs> but I'm, I'm hoping that it stays a consistent priority for me mm, throughout yeah. the year. And I really have read most every day in January, even if it's for five minutes a day, mm-hmm. even if it's just a couple of pages. I have talked about this before on the podcast, but I feel like I'm the kind of reader who will like put a re- put a book down for four or five days and then pick it up on a Saturday and read for two or three hours. And I love that I can do that. Like mm-hmm. that's a great thing to, to do, but I just want my reading life to be more consistent and I want to think of it more as self-care and giving myself Mm. permission every day to unwind with a book feels like even if I have a lot going on, even if I have things I should have been doing um, around the house or whatever, I can just say like, no, this is a part of my nightly routine. So like I'm going to get it in, even if it's for not a long time. I wonder if as you're reflecting on that goal at the end of the year, I wonder whether that will have changed your relationship to reading. I mean, that'll be really interesting to I look, hope so. look back on that over the course of the year and, and see, yeah. you know, cause I know, I mean, I wonder if that'll, it'll change things like 
the fact that you're a really distracted reader and I wonder if mm-hmm. like giving yourself like just making a priority of reading every day will I don't know it'll, yeah be I think to it'll back on. hopefully change my hunger for reading like I'm hoping that it'll just become a habit mm-hmm. to reach for a book when I'm like stressed or content or whatever my mood is like yeah. I just hope that it becomes a habit but who knows it might always be like a thing that I have to work yeah. toward but it's a worthy goal, I feel like. It is a worthy um, goal. Yeah. So what? what's one of your goals? Well, I do have a num- numeric goal because... So I really didn't think about goals very much at all this year. I should preface by saying that. Like, I spent a lot of time thinking about goals last year. This yeah. year, I didn't write anything down, but I do have thoughts in my head. So, And I do, f- I do like to track my reading on Goodreads um, because I... I struggle with consistency and I struggle with um, staying motivated unless I have external motivators. So yes. I need accountability in one form or another in order to stay motivated to, to do, I mean, anything in my life, yeah. really. I need external motivators. I can't, I have a really hard time with internal motivation and that's true of my reading. So setting a numeric goal is helpful for me because it's something that I can work towards. Um, And I do put pressure on myself, but I try not to, like if I were to not make that goal, I would probably feel bad about it. But I do try to set it at a number that I think is reasonable, that I can probably achieve. And 52 books in a year, I can, I have yeah. easily surpassed that for the last four or five couple years of years. Or, yeah, yeah, like maybe two or three years. Because you did like 75 last year, right? I don't think or it no. was quite that much. I think it was like 69 or 70 maybe. That's awesome. So close. So it was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot. That's. I think that's an awesome goal. And 52, there's something about 52 books yeah. that feels so complete, like one book a week. One book a week. It is doable, mm-hmm. but it's also enough to really like push you – to finish the book, which I, and like I said, like, I totally see the, I see how valid it is to have a numerical goal, but, um, yeah, and 52 is just, I I think that's a good number. It's a, it's a really good number for me because if I don't, like, I know that I can, even if my reading were to slacken for whatever reason, I can still probably achieve it and it's still but yet it still is enough that it it drives me to be picking up my books so it is it's a really good goal for me and achievable and it doesn't add a lot of pressure like I'm not someone who's going to set my reading goal at 100 books partially because I just don't think there's ever going to be a time in my life right now where that is possible it's um, like you want to push yourself, but you don't want to make it stressful. Right. To, you don't want to turn reading into a chore. Right. But you want to push yourself. So, Molly, this is a little bit of a side note, but um, I know we've talked about this before on this podcast, is that you feel like you're a slow reader, and I also feel like I'm a slow reader. And there's, mm-hmm. there is a, a test online now that you can take oh, yeah. to test your reading speed. And I took it thinking, oh, I actually thought I would be decent. No, no, I'm like, that's surprising. I'm like a high school senior or something. I was like, because they do it based on like what they like base it on academic 
levels. Oh, I got below average when I took mine. Yeah, I think I and was... Aaron got like really. He got two levels above me or something. Yeah, I was. I was. Be- I think I was below average as well, or like maybe average. I don't remember. That's I don't surprising. Remember. I always thought that you were a fast reader. I maybe I was above average, but I was. It still was surprising where I landed. I mean, to yeah. me, it just surprised me a little bit where I landed because it wasn't like. I went to grad school and I was not. I'm not. And you've reading been a that. reader forever. And I've been a reading. Yeah, and I and I wasn't at that. I was like lower than where I thought I would probably. <laughs> can thought. you can you include this test in the show notes? Because I kind of want to. Oh take yeah, it. I'll see if I can find it. I wonder yeah. if I still have it pulled up on on my phone because I never close tabs on my phone. I guess you can find reading tests wherever, but I'll include a reading speed test. So that I everyone everyone can test their reading speed <laughs> and, and then either feel really great about themselves or really bad. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so one of my other goals is to read more backlist titles. So <gasps> Same here, Molly. Really? Yes. I guess that doesn't surprise me because we have a lot of overlap of books to read. Here's what I think, Molly. I'm just going to throw this out here right now. I think okay, we should because okay. I've been thinking because I want to read more backlist titles and I yeah. thought it would be a really fun idea to have a backlist readathon. Low key, oh, but like yes. kind of like middle grade March where it's like just a month long like even if you read one backlist book in that month, you will have participated yes. in the backlist. Oh my gosh, readathon. I love it. We should um, do it. Also throwing this out there, if anyone follows Simone um, from Simone and her books on Instagram, she just started a backlist book club. So like every month she picks a book to read that's, I, I can't remember how long it has to, how how old it has to be, but... I, I'm probably going to join in with her yeah. at some point. I'm Does she wait choose and see if a backlist book for everyone to I think she okay. chooses it. Like right now they're reading, or they may have just finished, Dark Matter by Blake Crouch. Yeah. Um, and how does she read. define backlist? Like when I think That's of backlist I, yeah. books, some people say backlist books are anything, any book published before the current year that you're in. But when I think of backlist oh, books, yeah. I think of um, – authors that have more than one title and oh, their backlists are are books that they've written previous to their most recent so oh that's what gosh. I think of a, as we a have totally book. different ideas here that's crazy but I love that that's such a good one because I there's so many times when I've read a book that I love and I never go on to read any of the books that that author has previously written previously yeah. so that's an awesome goal my so my thing was this was an idea to try to, like, cut down on some of the books on my shelves that mm. I haven't read. Mm-hmm. So, basically, I'm trying to read one book a month. The goal is to read one book a month that's been sitting on my shelves for longer than six months. Or, or books that have been published at least six months ago. So, it's not even that, like, it's pretty liberal, the uh, definition of yeah, that list. Yeah. But Do you have a stack of books in particular that you'd really like to get through from those? Oh, I have so many. Like, I have books that I have had on my TBR for months and months and months, and I don't know why it is that I haven't read them. Like, Homegoing, mm. I've been wanting to read that. Exit West, I've been wanting to read that. Mm-hmm. Um, Americana, been wanting to read that mm-hmm. one forever. Those are the only ones I'm thinking of right now. But I have so many yeah. books that I've gotten at bookstores or in... Um, 
I don't know, books that I hauled in my videos mm-hmm. two years ago that I was so excited to get to, and I just haven't gotten to them now. Yep. And I want to read them, and they're two years old maybe, which feels, it's funny when we talk about backlist titles because to me, a book that's a year old feels old, but mm-hmm. to like most readers, that's probably like a, a new, that's a new book, you know? Yeah. I mean, I didn't um, think of that as an, as an older title. Yeah. Until so, I, yeah, until I. That's funny. Yeah. We had the same goal, but they were totally different. But I mean, similar in that I would really like to be reading more books off my shelf. Right. I also want to, and I've really failed at this so far. Um, so with reading every day, another thing I would love to do is set aside one chunk of reading time a week. So whether that's like two hours on a Thursday night or on a Saturday afternoon, like I want to kind of, as I get better at planning my days, I want to be able to look at my week and squeeze it in based on how my week looks. Because right now my schedule is so full, like it's all good things and I'm thankful for that. But I want to be able to look at the week ahead and say, okay, I'm not doing anything on Tuesday night. That's going to be my reading night. Or this weekend, we don't have a lot going on. This is going to be my reading day. And just kind of pick it and be really um, ruthless about sticking to it, Mm -hmm. whether that means like saying no to other plans, like just kind of protecting that time. Yeah. I have failed miserably at this. In fact, I kind of forgot this was even a goal. So I'm really glad that we're talking about this now. This is what happened. This is why I I decided not to go wild with my goals this year is because I set them down and then I never think about them again. Never look at them again. (laughs) Never look at them again. Never think about them. Yeah. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, did you have other goals? I did. I had one other, um, and this is my only other really goal, is that um, I used to read a lot of nonfiction. A lot. Yes. This is one of my goals. Yeah. Too. And I, last year, I think I read, I read less than five nonfiction titles. And that is crazy to me. Because yeah. I love nonfiction, especially narrative nonfiction. And I have a ton of nonfiction on my shelf that I'm really interested in reading. Yeah. Um, and so my goal is to read more nonfiction books, particularly yeah. nonfiction books that I already own. So because Same. I have a lot of them. So that is my goal, too. And I've already done a great job of that because this month I have already read one. I've read and completed one nonfiction title and I'm currently reading another nonfiction. That is awesome. So I feel like I'm going to sort yeah. of get back into the nonfiction swing because I love Good nonfiction is so, it's just, it's so so good. good. Yeah. I have the same goal and I feel like becoming is starting it on Mm -hmm. a really good foot. Yep. In fact, I'm kind of worried that I'm not going to be able to find another nonfiction book this year that's as good as becoming Mm. and I'm going to, hopefully it'll be fine. It'll be fine. You should try things outside of the memoir genre. I know. That is actually, I put that in my blog post um, about my reading goals, about, I think I did, maybe I didn't, um, about wanting to experiment with nonfiction. Like, mm-hmm. I want to read more essays. I want to read more anthologies. I just finished, um, not just finished, this was in December, um, Well-Read Black Girl, which is an anthology of, of stories by um, 
black women writers mm-hmm. and and it's kind of their coming of age as readers like what how how literature mm. inspired them and how like their first memories of of seeing themselves in literature yeah and how that empowered them and it's it's nonfiction, but it's like short essays in a yeah. collection that's totally digestible. I think when we think about nonfiction, we tend to think that it's going to be boring and dry and, like, really intimidating. Or at least this is how I used to look at nonfiction, that it's going to be um, this big, chunky book that's hard to get into. But that's not at all how we should look at it. There's so right. many different kinds of books that I think we are think compelling. nonfiction is going to be like, it's going to be like a textbook like what you'd yes. read in school. But yeah. usually it's it's hard to market that. <laughs> it's hard right. to market nonfiction like that yeah. to the general population. So generally if it's good nonfiction, it's not going to be really dry. Right. Other than read nonfiction, which we talked about, I only have two more goals and that's read more classics mm-hmm. which I'm I started Jane Eyre which I think we were supposed to read this month I don't well you... we were supposed to read it within the first three months so you gotta... oh that is perfect yeah okay and I haven't read it either yet so I'm I'm really liking it so far I thought um, you would yeah I, I guess think I didn't like it realize I forgot to mention that I was reading that um but yeah so read more classics at least once a quarter, I'll be reading a classic. So mm-hmm. if anything, that'll be more than what I did last year, probably. Mm-hmm. And then also read more diversely, which is always a goal for me. I just want I want to read more own voices, um, authors. And yeah, I feel like I read a lot of um, authors of color last year, a lot more than I had in the past. Yeah. And it really enriched my reading life. Yes, I agree. I think that's always that's always sort of a goal, right? To have as well. Yeah, yep. yeah. My um, my friend Allison, who I always talk about, who's going to come on the podcast mm-hmm. at some point, is only reading authors of color this this year, which is pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. And last year she only read books by women, so it's, she's kind of like sticking with the theme. Yeah, I cool. did that unintentionally I think I read like two books by men last year but I didn't do it intentionally I just kind of gravitate towards books written by women same here same here so those are our reading goals um yeah I don't have any anything else I think those are pretty good goals for us I do too I think they're all like achievable neither one of us I think this is interesting neither one of us are participating in a reading challenge this year that's true yeah Um, although I yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Um, middle grade March is a readathon, but yeah, it's not I guess a we'll, we're, we'll be doing readathons, but not reading challenges. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm is... so excited for middle grade March. <gasps> Me too. Everyone get excited about it. Those are our reading goals. We hope that you enjoyed listening to it. We want to know what your reading goals are. I would Mainly, love to know what your reading goals are. Yeah. I feel like it motivates me listening to other people's reading goals like it inspires me to keep going me too and I feel like there's some just some really creative reading goals and goals can if thoughtful goals can end up just being very personal and um and telling I think just very telling so and I'm nosy and I just want to know everybody's reading habits and like their reading lives I'm so interested by people's reading lives yes I just think it's a 
cool topic. Me you know? too. Um, Agreed. This month for our Patreon book club, we are reading Leif Enger's book, um, Virgil Wander, and we invite everyone to read along with us. The discussion, of course, will be happening on Patreon, so if you'd like to become a patron, feel free to join um, Join that community over there. We'd love to have you. And um, make sure to follow us and subscribe to our podcast. Yeah. Leave us a review if you enjoy the podcast. We always love to see what you guys are thinking about the podcast. And you can find our website at nothanksforbook.com. And all of our social links are on there. All of this information, all the books we talked about today, will be in the show notes. So until next time, friends, stay stay booked. booked.